OSU Beavers, Lynn Benton Roadrunners, and any other new guests. Welcome to another episode of the Chi Alpha After Hours podcast, where we take a closer look at what it means to follow Jesus on the college campus and beyond. This week, we'll be discussing the topic of bullying. We can hopefully all say with a resounding agreement that bullying is wrong. And there are varied experiences when it comes to this topic. In this episode, we want to address some personal stories related to bullying and speak in love towards both those who have been or are being bullied and also to those who have have been or are bullies. Jesus wants to redeem everyone. So no matter your past or your present or your future, he wants to see us love one another well. Your hosts today are Anna and Nathan with a special guest, Hillary, who is both a student and Corfa at Lynn Benton Community College, and she's also, fun fact, a phenomenal chef. So we hope and pray this episode helps shape your thoughts and hopefully answer some questions about bullying, what Jesus has to say about it, and the hope and healing that can be found in Christ-centered communities. So let's jump into our first question. Um, what role has bullying played in your life? And it'd be helpful if you were to define bullying a little bit and um, share a personal story. So, yeah. Um, So I actually tried to think of a a story to share, and I genuinely have a hard time thinking of a specific story, largely because, one, there's quite a few, and none of them, none of them, are hugely significant in, in like by themselves. So, but I was bullied very consistently from the th- fourth grade, I think, third or fourth grade, th- all the way through high school. Mm. And so, for various reasons, um, actually, that's going to be part of what we talk about is the reasons. But anyway, so I couldn't really think of one. And so, but like one thing I noted when I was thinking about this question. Uh, beforehand was that um, there's there's a distinction to be made between like person who is bullied and a person who is has a moment of being bullied so like I think everybody like gets jeered at or teased or something like that at some point but then there's people who are that's their role in the society the school that they're in and so I was very much very much the latter. Um, I pretty much could predict what my bullying was. I remember in middle school in particular, I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to go to this class. This guy's going to be a jerk to me. This is more or less what he's going to say. Then I'm going to go do this thing and I'm going to see these people and they're going to do this to me. And then I'm going to do this thing and these people are going to do that to me. And so it was very, very routine for my life for a number of years, mostly in middle school. Middle school was just awful. Um, High school, for some reason, like, I think they give you, they give um, students a little bit more freedom. And so you're able to just, like, avoid people. I'm able to avoid people a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Um, And other people are doing their own thing, so it's a little less problematic. However, a lot of damage was done in middle school, and so there was a lot of problems. I was still being bullied in high school, but there was like systems that the school had in place that just made it, um, 
easier for bullies to do stuff. So, for example, like in elementary school, I don't know if this was other, other people's elementary school experiences, but like, you know, like at the end of recess, you line up outside the door and you wait for the teacher to open the door. And that carried through middle school. For some reason, we would always wait outside. I don't know why, but we'd wait outside the the um, the um, classroom door and wait for the teacher to come to open the door. Well, there's no like adult supervision there, mm. um, and so I. It means that you're just standing there and you have to stand there, and there's other people that are just jerks around you, and so it's just prime time for doing that kind of thing. Whereas in high school, like you don't line up out up outside your room. You you there's a bell, it rings, and you walk into the classroom and you sit down. Um, but even then, like I was being bullied even in the classroom while the teacher was doing their thing. So actually I came up with strategies like um, sitting at, if there was unassigned seating, I would sit as close to the teacher as possible because I was then in ear, more earshot. Um, and things like that. However, most of the time it was assigned seating. And I usually got, and here's the suck of it, hmm. is that I think I, in hindsight, I was usually assigned seating in the back of the classroom because I was not a disruptive student and I was a decent student. And so the teachers were like, oh, well, I don't have to worry about this kid. And I was like, well, no, you're sticking me in the back of the classroom with the crap kids that always hmm. bully me. So it's like, I'm just getting... Ruined from both sides. It was rough. Anyway, but one of the things I think is important to note, so I've uh, important to note about bullying is like kind of like what what do we mean by the the idea of bullying or what is bullying? And it's actually much harder to define than one thinks. Um, so I've actually worked with kids who are abused and uh, neglected. So like, and I would probably say that bullying is a kind of abuse. And uh, so, like, there's this umbrella term uh, called abuse, and then there's a bunch of kinds of abuse, if that makes sense. And so the, the, the severity of the abuse can go from anywhere from, I would say, anywhere from, like, you know, uh, a parent abusing their child in whatever facet um, to uh, all the way down to just, like, teasing, you know, like, um, maybe not, like... I don't know. I'm trying to qualify. You know, like people make comments about things, but it's like it's in passing. It's not necessarily persistent. It's occasional. It's more like you're. Yeah, I, I don't know how to describe it. But one thing I would say about bullying is that it's typically always peer to peer. It's not like authority to subordinate. So uh, bullying, uh, bullying is typically always used in an academic setting. So, like, we talk about bullying in schools. We don't talk about bullying in the workplace. We talk about things like sexual harassment and abuse of power in the workplace, but we don't talk about bullying. Yeah. Um, the other sphere in which it's, bullying is used is cyberbullying. Um, however, cyberbullying, as far as I know, is still technically usually among the same um, demographic of people. So it's usually still student, like a, a middle schooler to middle schooler or something like that. It's peer to peer in a younger age group. Okay. And so that's important, but there is like a delineation, I would say that needs to be made between like, uh, what is the difference between like friendly teasing and bullying? 
And so the, the delineation between that is really, 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 really fine, actually, I would say. So I remember this one time uh, I was uh, working at a, a Christian camp and so I don't know how this happens. I really don't. Like, this is a big question that I had through, from middle school all the way through high school or something like that is like, why am I always finding myself to be the target? Um, and I can think of some reasons, but it just never made sense to me. Like, I'm like, this is, you choose to interact with me this way because I'm not like swearing or I'm not, I'm choosing not to wear like the most fashionable clothes or something like that. I'm like, it doesn't really add up. But I was working at this camp and again, I found myself the target of a lot of like bullying amongst the, uh, amongst the, 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 the kids that were in my age group. So I was working at this camp and I was a CIT, which is a counselor in training, um, at the camp. And, uh, there were other CITs and we're all like high schoolers. And for some reason they all like, just were like teasing me. Um, and I remember I was there with my friend Miles and Miles is absolutely wonderful. I love that boy guy. He's not a boy. He's definitely not a boy. That's odd. Uh, I love that guy so much. Um, he's fantastic. He didn't, I do not recall Miles ever bullying me. Um, but Miles was popular. People liked him. People got along with him really well, which was the weirdest thing because I was usually friends with somewhat people who were like agreeable to society, but and good friends with them, but I was the one being bullied, but they weren't. And so it was weird. So anyway, Miles, they got along with Miles. And one day we're in the kitchen and we're uh, at this camp and we're cleaning the dishes, which is usually like takes like an hour and a half to two hours because there's a lot of dishes for like 200 people um, that ate there. And like the whole dish pit was just making jokes at me all the time. And this is the only time that I can remember Christian, or uh, not Christian, Miles laughing at a joke about me. And Miles like was giggling along with them and I was just like frustrated. And like part of the emotional thing is, is like you have, when you're bullied a lot, you don't actually communicate your emotions very readily because you're told not to speak. That's part of bullying. The, and usually what ends up happening, at least for me anyway, is that you end up having outbursts. At least guys do. I don't know if it's the same with women. But like you have these moments of emotional outbursts, which partly makes you a target because it makes you seem like you're not functional. But it's like, actually, I'm incredibly functional. It's just that I'm actually under a lot of pressure because you and like 20 other people are bullying me constantly. And it's a lot of emotional like pain. And it comes out in, it comes out in weird nonsense. So anyway, one day, so we're in the dish pit and they're teasing me and they're making fun of me and I'm not saying anything. And I, I like walked a tray of dishes over and I just had this look on my face of just like, I am angry right now at this. And Miles looked and saw me and he was like, oh, hmm. and Miles was like, and then I walked away and all the guys were like, man, why is he being such a pillow? It was like, and Miles was like, no, we need to lay off of him. This is why I love Miles. Miles stood up for me for years and years and years. Um, for Miles, like there was this thought in his head that it was like, oh, I'm just teasing Nathan. But for me, it wasn't teasing. It was bullying. 
And so it's on some level defined by the person being abused. It is on some level the person that's the object of the ridicule. Um, at the same time, like most of my peers at the time would have been like, like, Nathan, you need to lighten up. And maybe to a degree they were true. I was like, but this is the only way you interact with me. Mm-hmm. You don't say anything nice to me. You don't say anything kind to me. You don't say anything constructive. This is the only way you interact with me. And so I'm supposed to be like, oh, lighten up. Like, we should be able to do this to you and you should be able to take it. It's like, no, that's bullcrap. And so, like, but for Miles, it was like, I remember this and I appreciate Miles in this moment because Miles, like, was like, oh, I can tease Nathan. Most of my friends can tease me some, but it's like, it's not the only way we interact. Mm -hmm. It's not the defining feature of the relationship. And so that's one of the things I would say delineates between um, teasing and bullying. It's like, what is the nature of your relationship? Mm. Yeah. What, like... If it is, if you communicate almost exclusively in bullying and nothing positive, nothing affirming, it's, or if you're, if you're, sorry, if you are communicating only in jests and poking fun at the person and things like that, if that's all you do, then that's the nature of the relationship. But if the majority of your relationship is actually like constructive and positive and like inclusive and things like that, then it's like, it's, the jokes are more teasy. And the thing, and like, you know, that, that moment with Miles, he's like, oh no, like I've gone too far and I need to like back up. And there's that kind of relational connection. And it's like, I love Miles. I think that's the only time where I can think of that he was actually like hurtful going. The thing about, I would say that bullying is yes, in part defined by the person being bullied. It is, however, like. I've had friends who've made jokes that were like too far and they've apologized for it and they can, they recognize like that, but they've also been like, they've also friends have come up to me and it's like, I really didn't mean it that way. Like Mm -hmm. that, that wasn't meant to be a bullying statement or a diminutive statement or one that puts you down, which is what bullying is. It is the, it is the. A application of some force in order to subjugate another person's value. In that, order... was, that was a big sentence. Yeah, sorry. I think you should say that again. <laughs> Gosh, can I repeat it? <laughs> just go back five seconds and just play it over again. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but as I was saying, like, I've had friends who have like, hey, that is definitely not what I meant. But there's a level of like, I need to understand that that person didn't mean it that way. And I need to let it go. And they need to be like, I may have hurt this person and I need to explain what, what, what's happened. And so there's this conversation that can happen. Um, most bullying, there's no conversation like that. So anyway, now that I've officially talked for (laughs) a very long time, because I've thought about this a lot. Um, uh, yeah. Hillary, you got any thoughts? I can go next. Um, my part in bullying was I was the one being bullied, and it only happened in middle school. Um, my sixth grade and seventh grade year, there was these two girls that they were a year older than me, and they bullied me. I played basketball with them, and um, at first like, I thought it was just teasing, but they were always um, like mocking me. And then um, 
my seventh grade year, like, they would push me into my locker. And then, like, during that time, also, like, my dad got diagnosed with cancer. And my mom, like, she turned to alcohol and stuff. And growing up in Jefferson, everyone hears everything. Mm. Um, Small town. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So everyone like heard it, everything. And so those two girls, like they brought up those things and they would um, say like, they would say that like, I wasn't loved because mm-hmm. um, of how my mom was doing her stuff and how I had to move like with her dad. And they just kept saying like I wasn't worth it and like I should just take my own life. And so that like that really hurt. Um, but my friend Jordan, um, she always would, like, talk to them. Like, she would, like, swoop in <laughs> out Aww. of nowhere, like, in basketball practices. And she would tell them to back off. And then, like, we're just joking around with her. And then she, like, she would say, like, you don't see, like, what she's what she's going through. And, um, and then I did start, like, self-harm because I thought, like, what they were saying to me was true. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, like, maybe I'm not worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, I, like, the way I would define bullying is people just always, like, mocking you mm-hmm. or trying to bring you down. And I was I always remember hearing growing up that if you're being bullied, it's just someone trying to take anger out on you and mm-hmm. trying to make themselves feel better. And so I was like, okay, like, maybe they need to express how they're feeling and so like I'll just take it all in and just mm. keep it for myself and so I thought I was being nice to them by letting them bully me and um, once they left the middle school they changed schools and so I didn't really see them ever again until later in, in high school yeah wow mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. I think, so I think for me, um, I personally am one of those people that didn't really experience bullying. I think part of it was I was homeschooled, and so I didn't interact with a whole lot of people, sadly, Um, much to my dismay. I did get to interact with some people, um, but I always kind of was... You know how in, like, middle school and high school they can have, like, the social tiers or whatever and, like, there's, like, different, like, levels to whatever and I was kind of, like, usually kind of, like, wherever I went I was a little bit more, like, people knew who I was, like, um, that kind of thing and so I wouldn't, definitely wouldn't say I was popular but I was, like, people knew who I was and, um, I think part of it too, like my sister was really protective of me. <laughs> and so I think that they knew that if they were ever to, ever to mess with me, <laughs> they'd be messing with my sister too, my little sister, which is fun. Um, but I just think in general, like I didn't experience that. Um, but what I will say is I think in that like being known and like potentially even being kind of like a quote unquote like cool person or whatever um I would I wouldn't verbally bully people but I would like bully people in my mind like so I would have a thought about someone be like and it would just be 
mean? Um, and I realized later in counseling that a lot of the reason I was doing that was because I felt inferior and I didn't feel good enough and I felt like I would never be good enough. And so like mentally I was putting other people down in my mind to make my, to elevate myself, to make myself feel better. Um, and I did counseling a few years ago and the gal that was sharing, uh, that I was doing counseling with, she was like, do you think part of that too was because you didn't want to be vulnerable with people? And I was like, honestly, probably. Yeah. Like I didn't, I didn't want to be seen. Um, so I, I know that like in a previous living situation, I was living with a bunch of girls and I just kept having these like negative thoughts about them or like reasons why I didn't want to hang out with them or reasons why I was like too tired to hang out with them or whatever. Um, and so like mentally I was like putting them down. And I think a lot of that was actually like rooted in my own insecurity. Um, and it was keeping me distanced from people. And so luckily the Lord has really like healed my mind. Um, I still have to catch myself sometimes occasionally, but it's amazing like like what the Lord can do in our lives. And I think, um, I think I'm like, I'm so heartbroken to hear that like, you know, I think, I think words really do have power. The Bible talks about how powerful words can be, mm -hmm. but I also do think thoughts can be powerful. So when we think those words, um, those can be powerful as well. Um, so it's amazing how our thought life can dictate our actions. And so I think that's what I experienced a lot of is my thought life about other people was dictating my actions and my love towards them. Um, and so I think one of the one of the ways that I started to combat that was I started to verbalize them to like my counselor of like this is what I th I've been thinking about this person and I feel like I can't really like control this thought I'm having and um, so luckily I mean yeah the Lord has been healing a lot of that in in my life and in in my mind even like I don't have those thoughts anymore and I would say like it's so freeing <laughs> to be able to like have Jesus's eyes for people. I, I really do think that's part of what that means is not having a preconceived thought about someone, but actually being like, like having a clean slate and seeing someone for who they actually truly are and not making assumptions, not having those negative thoughts about someone. Um, just a quick story. I remember um, I was having some uh, jealous thoughts about a, f a homeschool friend of mine and how she was really loved by these other two girls and they really got along well. And I was at a sleepover one night um, and she wasn't there. That gal wasn't there, but her two friends that really enjoyed her were there. And my jealousy just came out. And one of those really negative thoughts that I had had about her actually verbalized in front of these two girls. And so like behind her back, I was saying something really mean and like bullying this girl like behind her back. And I think I was trying to create a negative perception about her so that those girls would choose me instead. And um, 
apparently one of the moms that was the mom that was at the sleepover told my mom what I said or something. I don't remember exactly what happened, but, um, I, my mom got wind of it and apparently I don't remember what I said, but apparently it was so bad that I got grounded for a week and I wasn't allowed to socialize with anyone. And I think that taught me a lesson, but I think it also instilled, instilled fear in me of like saying the wrong thing. So instead of like motivated by love to not say mean things or think mean things about people it was motivated by fear that I might not be able to like have friends or not be able to be loved or love people um and so I had to work through that too of I was actually like loving people and like not saying mean things about them out of fear of being alone um and I wonder if that's where some boys are too like with what Nathan was saying about um what he was saying earlier about them so um yeah so um I would love for us to move into the next question um you know the three of us are Christians here and uh so we thought it would be important to talk about Jesus for a bit um and the question we have is was Jesus ever bullied and how did he respond? Um, and I think an important thing I want to say here is that, like, Jesus never bullied anyone. Like, straight up, he didn't ever bully anyone. And so I think right there, there's like a, oh, okay, so he never bullied anyone. Maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> but let's let's unpack that a little bit. I think um, one thing, like one one story in the Bible is um, Jesus goes to Nazareth, goes back to Nazareth, Nazareth, and he um, the, the the people that he grew up with essentially say, "Isn't this just Jesus? Isn't this?" I paraphrase here, but isn't this Jesus? Isn't his mother Mary? Isn't his brothers? So and so and so and so and so and so with us aren't his sisters with us and there's like this tone of like rejection and like you are not who you say you are we know who you are you grew up here and you're just that Jesus kid um that uh that we all grew up with and so there's this level of like you're not who you say you are. And then Jesus's response is like, is a quote from, I think one of the prophets or someone He's like, even a prophet is not welcomed in his hometown. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think was a prophecy about him. Actually, he's quoting a prophecy about himself. And, um, he, and so that's one story, um, about it. The, the thing that's interesting on a, that you, as you say, like Jesus never bullied, but he did like, there are these moments where he's like points the finger very directly at people. And so like, we can ask the question of like, what is the difference between bullying and pointing the finger out? And I think one of the things is is like, I think the big difference is, is like, what are you pointing the finger out for? What are you pointing in them for? And Jesus is oftentimes trying to protect other people. So like one time, uh, he says specifically, he's like, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees. And he's like, 
you guys need to watch out for these guys. They're like what they teach is actually bad. Mm. And he's more concerned. He's upset with the Pharisees, admittedly, but there's actually something he's trying to protect that's not simply himself. Whereas most bullies um, project, make value statements about others simply to increase their own value. It's not to help another person like grow or protect another person. So like, I mean, you have a parent who I remember actually one time I was being, I was, it was just a really bad day. I was bullied and it was really just one of those days that the emotions just came out and I started crying. I got home and I was crying and I was really upset. And my dad, my dad's never done this before, um, had never done this before. I'd been bullied for years and my dad um was like who who bullied you today and i was just like wait what Hmm. and i gave him a name and he like literally went to the phone book and like looked this kid's name up and like called four different numbers until he found the guy's dad and he was like your kid is bullying my kid and he needs to stop the sad thing annoying thing was was that this kid was not the worst bully i was like man this guy kind of just this guy just got the worst day basically and here's the thing, is is my dad bullying this guy's dad or this kid? No. My dad is confronting an evil. Yeah. And I wish my dad had stood, like, at the time, I was, like, really ashamed and awkward. I was like, this is bad. I was like, actually, my I'm like, no, this is what a dad should do. He needs to stand up for his kid because his kid doesn't know what to do. Um, and so there's this level of like, is that bullying? Is it, I mean, and like, you can get into the question of like, is this abuse? Is this not abuse? I was like, well, yeah, the line is pretty fine, but like, I think it was pretty justified for a dad to be like, Hey, my kid's getting bullied all the time and I want to know who's doing it and I'm going to put a stop to it, which it didn't really put a stop to it, but mm-hmm. But, like, here's the thing that um, these moments... So this is a little bit to parents here. It's significant to your kid for your kid to know that you're on their side. Yeah. Because my dad didn't stick up for me only the one time, I think. I don't remember him sticking up for me ever. He just bottled it up the same way I was bottling it up. And it was significant for me to see my dad be like no, this is wrong, and you shouldn't be treated this way. That's a confrontation of, like, what the bullies were telling me. It's like, no, this is who you are, and you should be valued in this way. And my dad, my parents should have been like, no, this is not how you should be valued. It makes me think of the story that's been going around the news right now. I don't know if you guys have seen it, mm-hmm. but there's these, like, group of 40 dads that have been going in shifts to the school spending every day. There's like five or ten dads that are spending shifts at the school every day because fights keep breaking out. Hmm. And kids are getting hurt. And I think there's been like 23 kids that have been sent to juvie because of these fights breaking out. And these dads are like, we've had enough. We're going to be there and we're going to stand up for our kids because they need that support and that that love and that care. And I I think about all the people that don't have father figures or their father figures are absent or their mother figures are absent and they really need someone to stand up for them. Um, And I think, I don't know, I just think that's a really neat, like, modern picture of, like, 
of people in a way standing up against like the relational poverty or the the mm-hmm. harm that is being done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think a, I think a place where Jesus was bullied um, in a way it was a little bit a little bit behind his back for sure. Um, but Nathan helped me find the verse. Um, it's John one starting in verse forty five, um, and I'm just going to read it. Um, Philip went to look for Nathaniel and told him, We have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph, from Nazareth. Nazareth, exclaimed Nathaniel. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Come and see for yourself, Philip replied. And then he gets to meet Jesus. And this is really interesting. This is the in the NLT, so I'm not sure if this is exactly like accurate translation, but... Um, This version says in verse 47, as they approached, Jesus said, now here's a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. So I don't know who he's talking about there, but I just thought it was funny. Um, So anyways, yeah. So um, Jesus, because he was born in Nazareth or his family's from Nazareth is like gets really... We all know Jesus isn't born in Nazareth. He's born in Bethlehem. But his family lives in Nazareth. Anyways, um, that was stereotypically kind of like the, kind of like a little bit middle of nowhere, kind of like where some poor families might live um, or social outcasts might live. Um, and so this guy's asking, like, can anything good come from Nazareth? And just he's just making, like, an identity statement about Jesus just because that's where his family's from and his value like isn't necessarily his value is being addressed just from where he is is from um which is i think really sad um yeah so i think that's like a a place where jesus was bullied like in the bible yesterday i was i asked hope about this question because i I was trying to define what bullying was, and we, we like, talked about how Jesus was mocked a lot as he was um, doing ministry, mm-hmm. and we talked about how, like, when he was on the cross, how the guards, or mm-hmm. whatever you call them, how, like, they were mocking him and making fun of him, and, like, put the robe and, like, the, the crown of um, thorns, and we were just talking about how like that like that's a type of bullying and um like how like he was like still like he died for them and we we're just talking about that and i was just like Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah dang what do you guys think about the verse that talks about do you guys know both of you know the reference of the verse like turn the other cheek do you know which verse i'm talking about mm-hmm. yeah how do you think that like kind of going off of that like he died Jesus died for them but you were also talking about how when you were um Hillary was talking earlier about how when she didn't speak up for these against these bullies or you know she was internalizing it she thought it was for their sake she thought it was helping them by internalizing these things so how do you guys think that that verse kind of plays into this topic
Well, I don't know if that verse is like the best. So like, I think in some way, so the best example is, is actually, I would say of like what to do is actually when Jesus is on the cross and he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then you have a larger like question of like, what is forgiveness? What does that look like? With turn the other cheek, there's actually some scholars that believe that some scholars that believe that it's uh, like a pacifistic statement. It's like allow them to strike you or things like that. But um, there's some some scholars believe that it's actually like a statement of strength. So um, there's oh gosh. It's, they assert based on something i don't know what that like in the culture of the time like you're allowed to strike your slave once but not twice mm. and so the idea of like turning the other cheek was to say like you can strike me again like it was like like inviting the person to break the law wow. essentially and so it was a statement of like you can you can push further and like sort of like I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know like if it's true or not. But like if he is making a pacifistic statement, it's better to like interpret it within the context of the life of Christ rather than like just on its own. So like Jesus allowing himself to die on the cross didn't ultimately end up having like creating change internally within him. You know, the fact that he's able to say on the cross, "Father, forgive them for they know not what they do." Um, is actually a statement of like, I have, I am unchanged. Hmm. And so like, there's something very pacifistic about him going to the cross, admittedly, but there is like what happened, I would say probably both to Hillary and I is like, there was a great deal of change that happened, you know, a lot of self-perception that changed, but God actually is like, Jesus actually invites us is like, no, you're not meant to be changed in this way. You're not meant to be changed, um, contorted in this way. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I really don't like, we, we have to read the texts, especially these like texts that are like really difficult, like turn the other cheek or, um, gosh, if someone wants your tunic, give them your cloak too, I think is in the mm -hmm. same passage. Like, wait, what is it saying? It's like, is it pacifistic? Well, this seems like we're just like giving all of our stuff away. It's like, well, no, like, okay, so if Jesus is telling us to do something, then he's doing it himself. What does it look like for him to do it himself? Mm. You know, this is really just like something that makes sense within a cultural context. But like in the life of Christ, it's something that we can all understand. Like, it doesn't matter what culture we're a part of. And so, yeah, that's what I think. Yeah. So what did or what does the process of for, of forgiving a bully look like? What does that look like for you guys? Or um, what are some thoughts you have on that? I would say, like, for me, there was, I think, a big part of, like, coming out of the bullying um, was actually you have to heal yourself first or uh, forgiving them. Uh, you have to heal yourself, um, if that makes sense. Like, I don't, th it's really, really, really hard to forgive a person if you're not whole yourself, um, like to fully forgive the person. So I don't think forgiveness is simply a word. Um, I, one um, 
guy I heard, I don't know if this is true. Um, I'd actually want to ask Christian about this, but there was um, a guy who knew Greek and he said, actually, like Jesus on the cross, the, the Greek of Father, I for, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He actually said it was a present continuous tense. And so he interpreted it, this scholar interpreted it, or he wasn't really a scholar. He was just a guy that knew Greek. Um, was he, um, he interpreted it as meaning that Jesus keeps saying it. He says it over and over again. And so there's this, and so he, what he pulled from that was that Jesus, in order to forgive them, like had to like say it over and over again to kind of not be twisted into like the the act of forgiveness was a process not like one and done because i think forgiveness is something you have to hold within yourself for another person it's something you have to hold within yourself and live according to so if you really forgive someone then you don't like you know hold things against them from the past you don't like have lingering feelings and animosity and things like that towards them it's not simply like oh yeah it's totally fine and then you go around and just start bad mouthing them and thinking horrible things about them anymore and so one of the things that was really important for me was actually my time at bible school where i was in a community for a year where um people were like no nathan's fantastic mm-hmm. i was like oh and so like you're getting this force this very very concentrated force of pot like valuing uh, of being valued in a positive sense, in a positive way. And that kind of opens a door to, like, forgiving because your identity is being reshaped. Um, and so the act of forgiveness is, like, it's complicated. I've often wondered, of like, man, if I ever went to a high school reunion, which I don't imagine I ever will, um, but I was like, man, if I met these people again, what would that interaction be like? Like, would I be positive? Would I be excited to see him? And I'm like, I'm pretty confident. I was like, I wouldn't be excited to see them. I know that. I don't want to talk to them. It's like, does that mean I've forgiven them? Probably not. Am I bitter towards them? Maybe a little. But at the same time, it's just kind of, I'm at this stage. I'm like, I really, you guys had nothing to offer me, you know, 20 years ago. Like, I don't want to rehash the past with you like our past is kind of broken but like is god and am i uh allowing myself to be used by the lord to do something in them you know do they need something that you know i think an act of forgiveness is to actually be generous towards those who have not been generous towards you and so it's like maybe you should go to your high school reunion and maybe you need to be more willing to be generous to those who refuse to be generous towards you. And so it's very complicated. I don't think forgiveness, especially for deep seated things like this, it's not, it's not easy. It's not simple. Um, for me, I'm still in the process of forgiving them. Um, I saw them, my, I believe my sophomore junior year of high school at a football game. And, um, I was in the mascot costume and sorry, I was in my mascot costume and that's so cool. <laughs> You're the mascot. I love that. And um I heard my name and I recognized their voices and I was like shoot. And so I turned around and I took off the head of the lion and um they asked me if they could talk to me. 
and there wasn't anyone around and like all, like my fears came mm-hmm. up um and i said sure and so they told me that they were sorry of what they did and they mm-hmm. told me like can you please forgive us and i had to like share with them that what they did really broke me and i told them i was like i don't know if i could forgive you right now but maybe in the future and um and so i'm still in the process of forgiving them mm-hmm. and like i want to be a version of jesus for them because mm-hmm. I, I still see them once in a while and um i read like the book forgiving what you can't forget and she was talking about how um, Lisa turkers right yeah it's yeah, so good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and she was talking about how like how god forgave us and that's a gift that he gave us and that with us with us not forgiving people that who, who hurt us we're not giving that we're not giving them that gift and um when I read that, that made me cry because I'm like I was in the process of forgiving my mom also, and so I like I told God I want to forgive them, and I'm still in the process, but mm. one day mm. I'll get there. <laughs> yeah. I think like one thing I would say, I would say you know um, there's a there's a guy I think it's Gordon Fee who says this. He says that salvation we are or um, the word saved is used in two tenses. It's like that we are saved but we are also being saved we are sanctified but we are also being sanctified and so there's this idea of like it's done but it's still in process and i think forgiveness might be the same thing so like for you hillary it's like you know maybe i can't forgive you right now but like in the future and i think what you're communicating in that moment is like i want to Mm -hmm. it's just like the wound is still really fresh and so, like, in some ways, I would say you have forgiven her. But she has to accept on the on some level, like, it takes time for the wounds to fully heal. And, like, for that, for right relationship, for, like, you and her to be besties, <laughs> like, that's not something that's going to happen very quickly or easily. And she kind of, on some level, needs to allow for that. Mm. Um, and... Yeah, she needs to allow for that to ha- to happen, but she can also take some, hopefully some confidence in like the sense of like, okay, yeah, like I can, she's not, Hillary's not bearing active animosity. She's not trying to ruin my life. You know, she's not plotting against me. She's trying to move towards forgiving me. And so, like, I think that's one, it's an important thing to make a distinction about is, like, it can be a process, but choosing the direction is is important. Choosing to forgive, be in the process of forgiving is important. Because I didn't verbalize a lot of the thoughts I had about people, um, luckily, those weren't, like, daggers, you know, that were coming out of my mouth, but like I said, they really affected me and like the way I was viewing my friends and like viewing the people around me. Um, and so I think like I'm in the beginning stages of like forgiving myself or maybe the middle stages, like forgiving myself, um, and working through that with the Lord. And I think part of a big like healing thing has just been those good friends that like have been are there for me now to like process those things with um yeah and then like 
huge plug for counseling. Like, I will always suggest people going to counseling because um, it helps us see a lot more than we realize is going on. Um, Yeah, so I think me being someone who had, like, a lot of negative thoughts about about people like I think there's a lot of like forgiveness for myself that needs to happen and um and two having those having those friends that can speak like love into my life um has been really really healing um yeah uh so if you've ever bullied someone what would you want to say to them? I think I'll go first with this one. I think I would want to say, you know, sorry. <laughs> um, uh, and it's it's hard when a lot of like the thought the the thoughts I had were like in my thought life and weren't shared. Um, but I do think something that was happening inside myself, I'm sure this happens a lot for a lot of people in middle school and high school and going into college is like, I was, yeah, I was like in my thought life, I was bullying other people, but in that I was also bullying myself. There was a lot of like negative thoughts about myself that I was having in like sentences that were coming into my mind. Nathan and I have had a lot of conversations about that, about like self-hate or, um, or like deep insecurities and um so those things you know were to verbally come out I don't know I don't know I don't know what I would want to say um except that I'm sorry (laughs) and um I think to I would probably say something like I am so ashamed that I for some reason thought I was better than you um, or something like that, or, um, and then, yeah, and then, like, there's just, like, a lot of, yeah, I don't know. This is a complicated question for me, Mm -hmm. personally. I think that's what I'm, I'm realizing as I'm talking about it, as I'm verbally processing it, is, like, with everything being internal, it didn't come out, and so, therefore, it couldn't really hurt people, but it was hurting my view of people, and therefore was hurting my relationship with them. And so, um, yeah, I'm not sure how I would handle that. But yeah. I think for me, like the biggest question that was in my mind when I was being bullied is like, why? Which explains a lot about me because I remember, I remember thinking like, well, Nathan, just think about why. Why, why do they do this? And thus a philosopher was born. Um, <laughs> Uh, it's true though Nathan is quite the philosopher which just means I'm obsessed with asking questions like why anyway um, and so I would ask why 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 are they doing this and and things like that um, and so like in having had a few instances in my childhood of like being the oppressor rather than the oppressed um, however that was largely out of my own like having been teased and bullied quite a bit I think that was a fair contributor but like it's no excuse um i think 
assuming that the people that I like hurt in the process probably on some level were asking the same question of like, why, why did Nathan do this to me? I'd go up and explain like, this is why, not to justify it, but to explain it honestly and candidly, like, this is, this is why, this is why it happened. And most of the time I, I, much of the time it's like, it really didn't have anything to do with you. You were just the opportunity that presented itself. Yeah. You know, um, and, um, yeah, it's more like explaining. It's like, Hey, you know, like it, this doesn't explain it, but maybe you can feel a little bit better that it wasn't actually that you were valueless. Right. It was actually just because I didn't feel valuable. Um, I was like, I definitely teased people, um, but I'm not sure if I ever took it too far. I might have a couple times, um, and I would just say that I'm sorry because I never teased people much before. Mm. Um, now that I'm talking about it, I probably, I probably have with with uh, my roommate um, back in Bend. Like, her and I, we were both bullied, and, like, we both had, like, very bad insecurities, and so she would kind of bully me, like, tease me, but it would be bullying, and then I would do the same to her, but I didn't realize that I was really hurting her. Like, sometimes she would storm out of the room, um, so to say sorry to her, and I hope that she can forgive me. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on to this last short question. Um, in a few sentences, what are some words or encouragement or truth you'd want to speak to our listeners who either have experienced bullying or have been a bully? I think the first thing that comes to mind for me and for you know our listeners is like your healing process can start now and don't get down on yourself if you haven't like processed this yet like this part of your past. Um, yeah, so, I, and I, I think too, like being patient with yourself is so important. Um, like we were talking about earlier, having patience with um, people that you're maybe waiting to for them to forgive you or having patience like with yourself for forgiving yourself. Um, yeah, there's a lot of nuances in that, but in general, um, I would say like patience is really important. Um, and then, and then don't, yeah, don't feel bad if you haven't processed this yet. Um, yeah, because you're not alone. I think, um, you know, this, this reminds me of like, I, I actually have asked this question of myself more or less several times, like. Um, if you could go back in time to like 12 year old you or 13 year old you, what would you say? And for a long time, I would say like very practical things like you should do this or you should do that. Um, like, you know, hey, really like kind of like trying to mitigate the regrets mm -hmm. that I had in my life. So like, Nathan, you really should have did, did your homework. You should, really should have did this. And as I got older, I realized I was like, Nathan, you really had no capacity to do any of those things. Like you were being bullied constantly. You were severely depressed. 
Like, and you knew you should have been doing that, but you had really no capacity to do it at the time. Mm -hmm. And so it came to the realization that actually what was most beneficial to say to like 12, 13 year old me was two things. One was, one is, is like just so talking to 12 year old Nathan and being like, one, it will get better. It is going to pass. It's not that maybe not everything is going to be perfect, but I'm promising you it will get better. And the second thing was, was that uh, telling my younger self, it's like, Miles Maddox is a really, really good friend and you can trust him. Mm. And those are really like the two things I think was like, not trying to be like, hey, you should do better at this, you should do better at that, which is kind of what everybody was telling me anyway. That's what bullies kind of tell you. It's like, you suck at this, you suck at that, you should do better at this. Why do you suck at this? I was like, I don't need to tell him anything like that. He's already got enough of that in his head. What he needs to know is that it's actually going to pass and that not everybody hates him. Mm-hmm. And so it's like giving him like hope that something, giving my younger self like hope that something was going to pass. If I was to tell a person like things to do, I would say don't like do your best to not let them turn you into something like them. Mm. That's the only goal. Like if they're if they're disrespectful, try to not be a disrespectful person. If you're an unkind person, if they're unkind to you, try to not become unkind and things like that. Because I think one of the things is is that that's that's the that's the victory for them is you becoming like them. Um, I would say to the person that experienced the bullying, um, that it's okay to not forgive right away; that it'll take time, and also that they can forgive themselves. Um, and. Like for them to know that like they are worth it and that they're not alone, that there's many other people that experience bullying. And even though it, it may feel lonely in that moment, it gets better later on. Um, I guess like what I would tell my younger self is that I'm glad that you did hold on a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that there is people that love you and um, like they see the value in you um, and to the people that were bullies I would say also like forgive yourself and I hope that you found healing and I hope that you are healing um, and just because like, I've been healing from from like what I was being told in middle school and just placing myself in God's truth as like understanding who he says I am and not letting those voices overtake his voice. Mm. Yeah, so just remember God's voice is louder and his truth is the truth and what those people said to you were lies and that they were hurting. Great, thank you so much, Hillary, for joining us. I think that's it for today, friends. Thanks for uh, joining us for this episode. Feel free to email me with any questions or topic ideas at Anna at OregonStateXA.com. 
And please know that we, as your Chi Alpha pastors, are committed to walking with you as you wrestle with this topic of bullying. Um, So go ahead and unbuckle your seatbelts and step out to see what God has in store for you this week. And remember, you are valuable, and God's voice is louder than the lies you hear.